Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. You can catch a live recording of the show over on YouTube where I stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It's Angela Ucci, Heaven and Healing Podcast, and be sure to ring the bell to be notified for live stream reminders and more. Whatever platform you're currently listening on, please give the show a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's ears. And please consider partnering with the ministry as Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded. There are different options to support the show down in the episode description. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers. Enjoy the episode and God bless. First ever live stream. Um, This is going to be like the new format for Heaven and Healing. I'm going to do weekly live streams every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. As my schedule allows, obviously, there will be things that come up that will make that impossible. But that is the goal is 8 p.m. Central Time every Wednesday. Uh, Today is actually my husband's 31st birthday. And uh, we are celebrating by debuting the live stream. So everyone say happy birthday to Mike. He's in the chat. He is watching with us and stay tuned until the end. Stick around until the very end because we are going to bring in my two cats, Gemini and Ruby. So that's, you know, obviously why you're watching. Um, If you could consider uh, partnering with this ministry um, so that I can afford things that aren't like the Mac. I'm just kidding. But all that's in the in the description um all ways to partner monthly contribute financially one time just pray on it if not if you don't like that you don't have to i'm always going to put out my content for free but if god puts generosity on your heart that's awesome so now that we're already 20 minutes let's just jump right into it okay this is the five ways of many ways honestly um that New Age spirituality counterfeits Christianity. And y'all do me a favor before I forget. As we go through this, take pictures, take little recordings, post it to your Instagram story and tag me. My Instagram is Angela Marie Ucci. That's also down in the show notes as well. I have not changed any of my social media to my new married name and Mike rags on me for it all the time. But y'all know me as my maiden name, so I don't know what to do about that. Anyway, the five points tonight that we're going to be discussing how New Age counterfeits Christianity. One, subjective truth over absolute or objective truth. Two is pantheism and polytheism over monotheism. Three is self-actualized or works-based salvation. Four are spiritual gifts, which are a perversion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And five is the gospel of self higher self, self-love, aka the self-savior complex. So we're going to get all into that, but first we have to tackle what is New Age. Okay, so New Age as defined on Wikipedia, which is our most reliable source on the internet, New Age religiosity is typified by its eclecticism. I don't know if I said that right. Generally believing that there is no one true way to pursue spirituality, New Agers develop their 
own worldview by combining bits and pieces to form their own individual mix, seeking a spirituality without borders or confining dogmas. So this definition perfectly illustrates what I always say about the New Age movement as Build-A-Bear sp spirituality, right? You pick and choose all these different pieces of religion, of philosophy, of faith structures that you like best, you take it to the Build-A-Bear factory, and you can form this cuddly little idol of who you want God to be, right? But that's not who God is. New Age is like a spiritual buffet or like the Burger King of spirituality because the have it your way slogan easily embodies the religion. And yes, I call New Age a religion, which a lot of New Agers have contention with because it's always, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, which is something that I used to say to almost everybody. I thought it was the coolest um, identifier in the world to say that I am um, spiritual and not religious. But here's the thing, okay? Religion, by definition, is a particular faith or a particular system of faith and worship. So that sentiment, even in, of itself, that I'm not religious, is religious because we as human beings are all religious by nature, right? We are designed to believe in and worship something even in the case of atheism, where that something is actually just idolatry of nothingness, right? Uh, Non-religion is a religion, is essentially what I'm saying, which is kind of ironic because the definition that I just provided of New Age says, without borders or confining dogmas. And yet the very insistence that the New Age movement exists without dogmas is in itself a dogmatic claim that collapses in on itself by its very argument, as literally all New Age agnostic and atheistic beliefs do, right? Christianity is truly, say this all the time, the only consistent, logical, well-rounded religious belief system. Why? Because it is the only belief system that is actually true. It is the only one that leads to heaven. And Jesus is, of course, the only way to God. So anyway, we'll talk more about how everything in, um, you know, everything New Age worldview ultimately is foundational on all these self-defeating positions as we dive further into this, into those five points. But there's just a few things that we continue uh, need to hash out here before we go into there. I want to point out this alarming statistic that I found on Pew Research that six out of 10 Americans, and I can only imagine what that looks like worldwide, identify within the umbrella of New Age spirituality. And that goes even for atheists and agnostics. It says that 22% of people that identify as atheists actually adhere to New Age beliefs. And that 56% of agnostics do the same, which is crazy to me and so sad because the devil even has people that don't believe in God in bondage of the new age. Like that is horrifying. Um, new age is just, it's dangerous. That's why, you know, it's not just because I came out of it that I talk about it so much. It's because it is dangerous. It is dangerous for both this temporal life 
and the eternal life, more importantly, eternal life. And it is really, I say this all the time, New Age is the embodiment of 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, where it says that even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And that is why New Age is so dangerous, because the devil doesn't show up in a red jumpsuit with horns, a pitchfork, and flames, right? He shows up in the yoga practice that promises peace. He shows up in the tarot cards that prophesy your day. He shows up in your astrological birth chart that lays out your identity that you can use as a tool to navigate the human experience, which used to be my expression. The devil shows up in the Reiki healing session that promises to cut cords with negative energy that no longer serve you. He shows up in the medium that you pay and talk to uh, to console with your, consult with your dead grandmom for the loss of the grief, for the uh, consolation of the grief. He shows up in the collection of shiny crystals that you have on an altar that promise to attract money, love, joy, peace, power, anything your heart desires. He shows up in the gospel of self-love that claims you are your own healer, that you are the one you've been looking for that you are one with the divine, that you are on a karmic soul mission of aligning with your higher self. He shows up in any way that is most attractive, most tempting, most inviting to you personally, that satiates the innate supernatural craving that we all have, that comforts you, that empowers you, because the devil's one and only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy your life, your soul, and your eternity. But if he did that in an obvious way, you would never fall for it. And so... 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. he masquerades as an angel of light. He deceives you and makes you spiritually blind. Thus, you are not only incapable of knowing the truth, but you are uninterested in it. So that's what this episode and mostly my entire mission with this platform, with Heaven and Healing, is all about. It's exposing the unfruitful works of darkness, like it says in Ephesians, to not be ignorant to the devil's devices so he cannot take advantage of us, like it says in 2 Corinthians, because my heart truly grieves for anyone that is stuck in the New Age like, like I used to be. And so if I come off with a tone that seems aggressive it's not aggression it is it's passion because it it literally breaks my heart i was in tears with my husband before we got onto the stream praying for people that this would reach people in new age that this would reach my old friends because i'm sick of seeing their lives be destroyed by this nonsense i'm sick of seeing the devil have his way with my old friends i'm sick of seeing the devil have his way with what did that say six out of ten americans i am sick and tired of the devil having his way and of people denying who jesus is because he is the way and so I need y'all to hear me that if that's you and you're listening to this, I just need you to know that your salvation will never come on this hamster wheel that you're on. The enlightenment that you work so hard for every single day with all your practices and rituals and meditations, 
It has to come from Jesus. It's not going to come from anything you're doing right now. It never will. Take it from someone who was lost in it for 10 years, who went from a 20-year-old that lost her grandmom to a 27-year-old who made no actual progress in life emotionally, mentally, spiritually, because I ended up on my kitchen floor wanting to kill myself the same way as I did when I was 17 years old, now at 27, right, when this happened calling out to Jesus Christ for the first time on my kitchen floor because I was at the end of myself because that's where all this garbage and ultimately took me was at the end of myself and that's where it's going to take you too. So I just implore you to receive this with the open mind that New Age always talks about, right? Open mind. My truth, your truth. If this is my truth, then why don't you receive it? Maybe it's yours too. I just pray that softened hearts will come to or softened hearts will come to repentance tonight. Uh, so I didn't mean to go on that tangent. Moving on, it's important to know that as we discuss these five ways, New Age spirituality counterfeits Christianity. That New Age, the New Age movement, is defined as a counterfeit because it comes from the devil. I just want to make that clear. None of this comes from God, which is the claim of a lot of New Agers. All of this comes from the devil and everything the devil does is ultimately a corruption of God's word because the devil cannot create. He can only corrupt. There is only one creator and he is the almighty, inerrant, omnipotent, perfect, holy God of the Bible. Satan is just a copycat loser. Um, and Satan hates you. And guess what? He wants to actually, the goal with New Age and basically everything else that the devil does, steal, kill, and destroy, yes, but he actually wants to spite God by tempting you to suffer along with him in hell for eternity because he knows how much God loves you and desires you to be with him forever and ever. The Bible is God's sacrificial love letter of truth to mankind that draws the lost to himself as an invitation to his presence for eternity. And the New Age movement is the devil's selfish self-love temptation of destruction that strays the lost further away from God until you eventually perish and inevitably suffer in the eternal absence of God with the devil. So don't ever tell me that new age comes from God because it doesn't. On that note, um, something that's important to highlight before we get into our major five points that I promise we will get to before morning is that the new age is not new. Okay, it started in the Garden of Eden. And actually, as a caveat to that, the reason I want to address this at all is actually because if you scroll all the way up to the top of this chat while it was just pending for the live, I had some girl that I don't know comment and say, how can you say that New Age is a counterfeit when all these practices are so much older than Christianity? And I'm so glad that she left that comment and I pray she is watching. Um, the reason I wanted to address this before getting into those five points is because this is probably the most popular argument among New Age spiritualists, that religions such as Hinduism, Buddhism, everything that falls under the umbrella of New Age 
all existed long before Christianity, as if that somehow nullifies the accuracy of Christianity, and it doesn't. And if you're a Christian that you are trying and you're trying to figure out how to converse with your friends or family or pray for them, I I just kind of I should have said this at the beginning, but I implore you to take notes. Um, so be, so that way you kind of have this in your tool belt. But my response to all that that the that the new age isn't new. I'm saying it's not, and that it's older than all these things, is that we actually see in the Bible that people have been worshiping false gods, practicing witchcraft, and trying to be their own divine power since the dawn of creation. In fact, I would even say since before the creation of humans, because it started with Satan. Okay, all New Age beliefs and practices stem from the same sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven. Pride. All New Age is fundamentally spiritual narcissism, right? Because it's all about you. It's all about the self. It's all about what brings you peace and comfort and joy, right? Christianity is the only religion. It's the only worldview or spiritual practice that total humility is contingent on. Total surrender is contingent on. Nothing about the new age encourages you to surrender. In fact, it's the opposite. It's grip to yourself with all that you have, right? So all that to be said, the term new age itself may be new, but the encompassing religion of the new age and spiritual practices that fall under the umbrella of all actually started with Satan's rebellion against God because all of the new age movement in and of itself is rebellion against God. So there's point one when people try to use the, oh, these practices are older than Christianity as like a proverbial gotcha, right? It's actually evidenced in the Bible that yes, the new age has been around since before humans even existed because it started with Satan's rebellion. So they're not wrong when they say that. And actually, the thing is, that's why Christianity exists at all. Because (laughs) Jesus was necessary to reconcile mankind back to God after we fell under the curse of Adam, aka sin, brought upon us by Satan, the serpent, in the garden, right? So new age preceding the physical manifestation of Jesus Christ in the flesh is actually contingent on the physical manifestation of Jesus Christ in the flesh because he came to defeat it. Okay, so that argument does not work. It's invalid. Um, Now, to that point, there's actually a second caveat to it because, you know, the, oh, all these things existed before Christianity, right? To that point, I want you to say, Christ has always existed. God has always existed. The Holy Spirit has always existed. John 1, verses 1 through 2. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God and the word was God, right? Um, The same was in the beginning with God. And so we know later in that same chapter in John 1 verse 14 that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and Jesus 
is the word made flesh. So technically, Christianity came first because Jesus has been since the beginning, the triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the God of the Bible, all there at the beginning. And when you understand that God actually exists outside of time, all of these, oh, these practices are older, it just completely collapses in and in on itself anyway. But yeah, I just wanted to point out those things because it's something I see argued against so often. And like I said, it's supposed to be this proverbial gotcha when in reality using that claim against Christianity only supports Christianity and it only supports what the Bible actually says to be true. So having covered all that, I'm going to share the infamous scripture where we see the birth of the New Age movement, not in Satan's fall, but in the fall of humanity. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say... You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the woman knowing good and evil... I looked away for one second and I messed up the verse. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And really, that's what New Age spirituality, whatever tier, branch, practice, ideology is that falls within that umbrella. It's all about those five words that the serpent says to Eve. You will be like God. So given all that context, and now that it's a year later and my husband's 32 now, um, let's get into, I'm not funny, those five ways New Age spirituality counterfeits Christianity. So number one, and I really want to encourage you if you are an unbeliever to see this through to the end. I know you spend all night on your phone anyway. Just watch. Number one is subjective truth rather than objective truth, okay? So what exactly does that mean? By definition, subjective truth is a truth based off of a person's perspective, feelings, or opinions, okay? Everything we know is based off of our input, our senses, our perception, It's a totally convenient worldview and faith to live by, huh? I guess with that logic, then I can just reject the definition as being true, right? Because if truth is in the eye of the beholder, as the saying goes, then that's not true. So case closed. Easy. Stream over. I'm joking. But like my point in making that really bad joke, it's why I'm not a stand-up comedian, is that you, you just like see that subjective truth just literally doesn't make sense. Like, it does not make sense. It cannot support itself. 
but it sounds good. And I used to love the expression, my truth, um, and the totally just delusional idea, honestly, that we are all just simply living our own truth because it creates this uh, disillusioned utopia of self that lacks any accountability, morale, or structure outside of one's personal interest. Again, it's just so convenient, right? I mean, it, it, to be honest, it's it's selfish, it's evil, and it's perverted, that worldview. Um, and this doctrine of subjective truth that New Age spirituality is contingent upon actually embodies this scripture perfectly, which is from 2 Timothy verses um 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4, where it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. So the notion of my truth is quite literally a fable that heaps after false teachers of one's own lusts to scratch the itch of narcissistic pride that humanity has from the curse of sin. Because, see, all practices and religions under the umbrella of New Age are conditional on the belief that all truth is relative, which is satisfying. Again, it's satisfying to hear because it excuses the necessity for objective reality. And it also alleviates the burden of sin. In fact, it completely obliterates the notion of sin. It's quite literally a world where everything is just defined by you. So there's no real truth, no objective reality, no moral metric defined or no moral metric that is defined by anything other than self. And so that means what? That there is no God defining what is true, moral, righteous, or just in that case. He doesn't get to have the final say. You do. So everything is just arbitrary, right? And it creates a life in which a person can do no wrong. Um, but what's really ironic to that point is often New Age spiritualists, and I know this because I used to be one, um, New Age spiritualists will say that if your truth is harmful to others, then it actually is wrong. So they're thereby literally acknowledging that there is, in fact, a standard of moral objectivity to reality that cannot be disputed, regardless of how much you claim everything is subjective, right? Right? So the fact is, we all know that it's objectively wrong to kick a puppy or abuse an infant, right? And that's because we all innately know, per Hebrews 8, where it says God's laws are in our minds and hearts, that there is a moral truth. There is an absolute truth. Case closed. Subjective truth doesn't exist within the realm of objective truth, which belongs to God. Now, real quick, because I know someone will mention it. Yes, opinions can be subjective. I like cake. I don't like cake. Okay, great. Personal preference does not get to supersede the things of God. Okay? His moral law, salvific condition, and his supreme holiness. 
All of that is objective and that defines what is objectively true. The moral lawgiver gets to define what moral law is. The giver of salvation gets to define what salvation is. He gets to decide what the conditions of spirituality are because he is literally the creator of the entire universe. He just, he just gets to sit on the throne that is rightfully his, but New Age kicks him out and puts you on the throne. That's why people like it. So all that's very different from like liking this song, liking that movie, liking this food, trying, like, you know, trying to compare that to what we're talking about is apples and oranges. And it's like the low hanging fruit that people will try and say, well, what about this? Because they have nothing else. So with all that said, to the point of subjective truth, which is subjective morality and arbitrary spirituality, where it's as simple as all roads lead to heaven and there is no such thing as sin, right? Because that's the whole point of my truth is that there's no sin. Um, 1 John 1.8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So claiming that there is no objective truth Thus, that there is no objective sin means that there is actually no truth in us at all. And it says right here that this ideology is indeed a deception. It's not actually your truth that you're living. It's a complete absence of truth at all. New age is an absence of truth. And guess what else? Scripture tells us that there is no truth in Satan, who was called the father of lies, John 8, 44. Jesus says himself that the devil's native language, his native tongue, is lying. He says, referring to Satan, there is no truth in him. So it is literally a deception and a lie authored by the father of lies, the devil, to say that there is no objective truth and that there is no sin, okay? And the devil loves when we fall for this one because as long as we reject truth, we reject the one who literally defines himself as truth. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is literally the truth. And when you are saved by grace, repent of your sin, and are born again, he is not only the truth, he then becomes the truth about you. Praise God. So, you can see why Satan has ushered this massive deception of my truth amongst New Agers because it's a direct mockery of who Jesus is, right? My truth, air quotes, counterfeits Christianity because it says that truth belongs to you when objectively truth belongs to him, belongs to Jesus because he is truth. And one more thing, uh, to that point, because honestly, this is just an apologetic standpoint that I love to jam on. This is something that when I first got saved, I loved, I just loved all of this 
this house of cards of subjective truth. It's really fun to just dismantle, honestly, because it's so easy to dismantle. And like I said, all new age beliefs are self-defeating. And my truth is no different, right? My truth is self-defeating, not only biblically, but logically, guys. By definition, truth in accordance with fact or reality, actuality, Truth is always valid regardless of parameters or context. Unwavering, complete. That is what truth is. So there's nothing fluid about truth. There's nothing subjective about the truth. If truth were fluid, if truth were arbitrary, if truth were subjective, it wouldn't be true. So a person can claim personal truth all they want, but that doesn't make it true because only truth can be true. Okay, I hope you kept up with that one. <laughs> Next point. Number two of the five ways that New Age spirituality counterfeits Christianity. Pantheism or polytheism, which denies monotheism. And that lie that all roads lead to heaven, right? So dictionary.com, in case anyone doesn't know what pantheism is, defines pantheism as a doctrine which identifies God with the universe or regards the universe as a manifestation of God. It is worship that admits or tolerates all gods. So basically with this, um, with this belief is that God is everything and everything is God, right? Including you, including my cats, including the stars, including the trees, etc. It's the belief that all of creation is one, and that's a capital O. And since all is one, all is God. So pantheism holds the position that each individual is not just a part of the divine, but the divine itself. And then polytheism is just the belief in many gods. But pantheism and polytheism can coexist. Arbitrary truth, after all, right? Uh, so I hope you all got that. Um, now, monotheism is the belief in the existence of one God. I think Judaism is probably the only other religion that subscribes to the idea of monotheism. Um, now, for, for the Christian worldview, it is specifically monotheism through the lens of the personal God. Okay, of course, we as Christians believe, now this is going to be fun, try and stick with me here. As the Holy Spirit was revealing this to me, preparing this episode, I was just blown away. We as Christians believe that this one personal God is a trinity, right? Or, or a triune of persons, which is each omnipotent, om omniscient, and holy, benevolent, perfectly holy, co-equal, and fully divine, right? Now, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, these are not three gods. One God, three persons. Three persons in one God, right? So I know it can sound confusing, perhaps to an unbeliever. Stick with me. But the biblical doctrine of the Trinity, which doesn't actually say that in Scripture, but the biblical doctrine of Father, Son, Holy Spirit does not contradict monotheism. In fact, the doctrine of the Trinity 
by definition, Father, Son, Holy Spirit asserts that there is only one God. The doctrine of the Trinity does not teach that there are three gods, but rather one God who exists as three persons. It is strictly and explicitly monotheistic. And you cannot begin to understand what Christians mean when we talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three distinct persons, unless you always keep in mind this first rule of faith, that we are talking about one inseparable being, God Almighty. The word Trinity, again, doesn't actually show up in Scripture, um, but it's the term that best makes sense for us, our human minds, to comprehend the triune nature the complex triune nature of our one God, right? So my point in mentioning all of this, now here's where it's fun. My point in mentioning all of this is not only because I know critics will say, well, your religion says God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's three gods. But because, hear me now, the complexity of God's nature that we see throughout scripture actually confirms how pantheism polytheism are counterfeits because remember the devil cannot create he can only corrupt he can only take what belongs to god and pervert that truth into a deceitful lie that masquerades as truth therefore the demonic doctrines of pantheism and polytheism could not exist without the complex nature of the father son and holy spirit that encompass the monotheistic god of the bible because those other things are all a counterfeit of that complex nature the devil is sneaky and all that said yes Uh, pantheism is a demonic lie from the pit of hell that sounds dreamy with two claims that one, you are divine and two, the universe has your back and that you are one with the universe, whatever. We can get into like kind of how that's self-defeating in and of itself later. You know, you are divine, but also like the universe is divine and you're the universe, but you're not. So you have to like have it, have your back, whatever. Um, On one hand, the deception that we are all infinitely divine, it creates no separation between ourselves and God, which is exactly what the entire gospel is dependent on, right? Salvation itself is dependent on the very truth that we are, in fact, separate from God. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. We were separated from God. And that's why Jesus Christ's godliness manifests in the physical to come and not only die for our sin, but become our sin on the cross was necessary for us to be reconciled back to him. Jesus is the bridge from us to God. But pantheism says there is no bridge. In fact, it would probably say the bridge is God too because we're all already one. Um, And it's very dangerous because it creates a false belief that, again, there is no such thing as sin because we are already divine. We're already one with God. So how can sin exist? It creates the false belief that we don't need God because God is already within us. It's just entirely blasphemous. And... To that point, because I did it, New Agers love to cherry pick the verse from Luke 17, 21, 
where Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. But what they do is completely ignore the fact that the kingdom of God can only be in you if you are dead to yourself, born again in Christ and made alive by his Holy Spirit, right? So that's another convenient thing. Um, New Agers love to cherry pick scripture. Again, speaking from experience without taking the whole context of it. So the second to the second point of pantheism, the whole, you know, the universe has your back, right? It's like the home good slogan for your dorm room roll. But here's the truth. The universe does nothing for you. The universe is not sentient. The universe is not magic. The universe is not co-creating alongside you. The universe is not listening. And to say that the universe has some sort of conscious cosmic influence over your life is simply not true. The universe is simply where we live. It's not why we live. And just like the My Truth doctrine that we just talked about in point one, the pantheistic doctrine is also illogical, right? Because an architect who builds the house is not also the house, right? God is the merciful, masterful architect of the universe. He is not the universe. And neither are you. You are creation, okay? The universe is creation, and pantheism embodies Romans 1, verses 25 through 26, where it reads, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who was forever praised. And it breaks my heart because the universe, like so many new agers are just out here worshiping the universe, putting their faith in the universe, saying that the universe is the same thing as God. We are the universe. All is one. One is all. Totally watering down the omnipotent glory of who God actually is. And thus, that just completely bypasses the necessity of salvation found in Jesus alone. So... Not only that, but the universe is compiled. This is a point I like to make too. The universe itself is compiled of many spiritual aspects and beings. Ephesians 6 talks about principalities of darkness and heavenly places. So when you call on the universe, when you worship the universe, when you, when you yoke yourself to this idea of the universe, right? Who is to say that your yoke is actually with God or angels or godly entities? You? You get to determine that? Who says it's not a demon? Satan masquerades as an angel of light after all. So if you're just yoking with the universe, you're just, you know, any old thing, any old spirit, any old demon that's like, right? But no, what? Because you say so? Because your intention is good? Even though scripture says the heart is deceitful above all, all things. Lean not on your own understanding. That's not how it works, okay? Your intentions, your intentions do not get to define, again, what is objectively true. Um, that belongs to God alone, just like we talked about with moral law. So as for the polytheism thing with many gods, well, there's just like a plethora of Bible verses that confirm that all these other gods are demons, 
That's not even my, that's not just my opinion. That's not some extremist worldview of Christianity that thinks every, there's a demon under every walk. That's literally scripture. Okay. Here's a couple. Exodus 23, 13. Pay attention to all I have said to you. This is God speaking. And make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Deuteronomy 32, 17. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. Equating gods to demons. Um, and then again, God saying in Deuteronomy 32, verse 39, see now that I, even I am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. Amen. I just hate all these demonic doctrines because it's just a mockery of that, of who God actually is. So to summarize, there are no other gods besides the monotheistic God of the Holy Bible. But the devil loves when we fall the, for the deception of pantheism and polytheism. Because like I just said, it completely just waters down who, who God actually is. And the devil loves, loves when we make a mockery of Christ. He loves when we make a mockery of the Holy God because then we're just... Uh, ultimately serving him. The Bible says you can't have two masters. So if your master is not who God defines himself as, then it's Satan. Even if you think you love Jesus, even if you think you worship God, which all new agers do, by the way, because I did too. Jesus was a tool in my, in my toolbox. He was my pal. He was my hippie buddy. I loved him. He was one of my ascension masters. No, that was a demon. Because this is the God of the Bible. He is who he says he is. I am that I am, is what God says. I am not what you say I am. Next point, number three. Works-based salvation rather than saved by grace through faith with works as evidence. Okay, so... Um, Ultimately, this third point kind of relies on Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is defined, it's like typically believed that salvation is achieved by a revelation that awakens knowledge of the divine, spiritual nature of humankind. Um, so the key word there with Gnosticism is that it is something that can be achieved, okay? All religions and beliefs and practices that embody New Age are all dependent on the belief that enlightenment, which is like the new age terminology for salvation that we call as Christians, is something that can be achieved. Okay? So now I'm going to speak to this from personal experience a little bit. That was my mindset for a decade, that enlightenment was something that could be achieved. Again, it was like this whole thing that doesn't make sense, right? I am divine, but also I have to achieve divinity. I have, I am divine, but also I have to do all these rituals and practices every single day in order to embody that divinity, right? Doesn't make sense. But the thing is, that's what you're doing. You are just constantly, constantly, constantly working towards it. 
You have to get up at a certain time every day, do the yoga practice this way, make sure you have these crystals present, do this journaling, make sure you have all your affirmations done. And it's like, well, if this isn't working anymore, you know, you do this for so long, maybe it provides some temporary relief. It kind of stops working. Um, what can I do now? What can I do next? Oh, you know what I can do? Mm, I heard that if I go see a Reiki practitioner that I'm going to have some cords cut for the negative energy. Maybe that's what it is. It's just a block. It's just an energetic block. So I could just go get my cords cut in a Reiki session, just pay someone to, to lay hands on me and, and just go through all my chakras. And then, you know what? That'll probably make me feel good for a couple of days. But hmm, if it doesn't make me feel good, all right, you know what? Time to look at the tarot cards. What do my spirit guides, demons, have to say today? Oh, I'm in my, oh, I pulled the tower card. Oh, it makes sense now. I'm just in my tower moment. Oh, okay. Got it. So I actually have to be going through this. I actually have to be going through this struggle, through this turmoil, through this grief, because it's just my tower moment. Oh, but the next card is the sun. So actually the enlightenment is coming. If I just suffer and I suffer and I suffer and I suffer, then, oh, the enlightenment is on the way. Perfect. And you know what? Maybe it's like a little bit of a process to get from the tower card to the sun card. So what can I do in the meantime? Hmm. You know what? I wonder, I wonder if Mercury's in retrograde right now. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Huh? Let me check my horoscope. Let me check and see what my birth chart says in correlation to the chart of the current moon cycle and the sun and the zodiac season that we're in and see what planets are in retrograde. And oh, maybe I can find an answer there. Oh, look at that. Mercury is in retrograde. Okay. So I am expected to go through some delays right now. Okay. Huh. And, and my Venus is in Aries. So it's just like a little bit more rage there, a little bit of impatience. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So I'm just going to suffer through this now. Now, how can I make myself feel better? Oh, well, Mercury retrograde ends on this date. So I have that to look forward to. And that the next full moon, full moon ritual, you know what? I'm just going to write all down on a piece of paper, what I'm releasing, and then I'm going to burn it. Okay. And then I'm going to just release it to the universe and just let the universe have its way. And, you know, after the full moon, well, maybe it, things haven't gotten better yet or like they started to and now they're not good again. So oh, what is it? Uh, it must be because I got to wait for the new moon to set those intentions, right? So now here comes the new moon and now we're setting our intentions and there's the new moon, right? We set our intentions for the next moon cycle. And I'm getting just this inclination that just based on the themes of the astrology, of the themes of the of the zodiac season, hmm, maybe it's, maybe it's, I don't even remember them anymore, praise God. I, I don't know, maybe it's Gemini, so it's like all duality. Oh, okay, I just have to embrace this back and forthness right now because that's just, that's just the moon. Uh, so what can I do next? Oh, this girl's having a sound healing bath session at her house. She's hosting a set where we all have these Tibetan bowls and then we, 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 gong them and they all make the sound and then we just have healing through the vibrations and you get the point like I could literally go on that's what new age is all the time I didn't even get to meditation oh I just have to meditate it all away I just have to sit with myself sit with my shadows demons sit with my demons and just meditate it all away that's all I need to do it is works based salvation. And guess what? You're never actually going to get there. You're never going to get there. You're never going to be saved. You're never going to save yourself because you can't. And that there's a lot of that in the last point here. So stick with it through the end. You cannot save yourself. You cannot be the problem and the solution. 
You cannot be your own source of salvation. If you were, listen, if you were actually one with God, you would be perfect and holy. And you would embody all the things that God embodies, which is peace that surpasses all understanding. So if you were one with God, you would literally have peace all of the time. But I know you don't because I was a new age too. I know you don't have peace all the time. And just hear me when I tell you I'm saying this with so much love. Um, you're being deceived. The truth is not in you. You keep seeking the truth and you keep searching for it in all of the wrong places. And it's all these dead ends. And so you just go through this, this never ending labyrinth of new age modalities. And then you call it the self-healing journey because it's the only way. It's the only way that, that you can justify the suffering it's the only way that you can justify the hamster wheel. It's the only way that you can justify the fact that something works until it doesn't. By just saying, it's the journey, it's the process, right? And yet you're supposed to be divine, right? You're supposed to be one with divinity and one with enlightenment, and yet you constantly have to work for it. So again, house of cards collapses. This is what new age is. It's works-based salvation, and shadow work is like a whole thing in that too, right? We'll talk a little bit about that later. But here's what the gospel of Jesus Christ says, okay? Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. Here's salvation according to the Bible. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. And in the new age, that's all you do is boast. Oh, I'm so enlightened. Oh, I'm a yoga teacher. My 300 hour class certification. I'm a Reiki master. I'm this, I'm, I'm actually an old soul. So I've been here many times. And that's why I have this like enheightened sense of, of knowing. Um, or, you know, the star seed, go I'm a star seed gospel. I'm a star seed, so that's why I'm here. It's all boasting. It's all boasting in new age. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So salvation is a gift of God that we receive by grace, through faith. Through faith in what? That everything that the Bible says is true, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So to that note, I will say that James, the book of James tells us as Christians that our faith is dead without works, meaning that our works are evidence of our faith. But our works are not what save us. Grace by faith is what saves us. Jesus tells us um, that if we love him, we will keep his commandments, right? But you see there that the condition of keeping the commandments or of doing the work, which is a very popular New Age expression, if you will, um, keeping his commandments is... That condition is all of love, right? If you love me, 
you will keep my so if you truly love jesus you're going to do what he says you're going to follow his bible you're going to be obedient to his will and his ways which is not achievement it doesn't say if you want to achieve me you will keep my commandments it says if you love me you will keep my commandments so the means of achievement thing is Gnosticism. It's the gospel of works-based enlightenment that the New Age movement stands upon. I'm going to give some examples. Um, Buddhism, right? The Buddhists believe that the human life is one of suffering and that meditation, spiritual and physical labor, and good behavior are ways to achieve enlightenment or nirvana. And then, of course, there's practices that accompany that alongside. Um, and then Hinduism, it, it's called moksha. In the epics and literature of Hinduism, it's seen as achievable by the same techniques necessary to practice dharma, which is like self-discipline uh, being the path to uh, moksha is self-discipline that is so perfect that it becomes unconscious, like second nature. Dharma is thus a means to moksha. So they, Hindus, that's where like yoga comes from, right? That is that yoga is a part of that path to achieve the moksha. And I have a whole episode pre-recorded about that. We will do some lives um, on that as well. Shadow work. So shadow work, I wanted to get into some shadow work, is very popular in the new age. Um, so shadow work is all about working with your unconscious mind to uncover parts of yourself that you repress and hide. This can include trauma or parts of your personality that you subconsciously consider undesirable. Uh, by accepting your shadow self, which is so funny, right? Because you're like divine, one with the universe, one with God, but you're all, you also have shadows. Um, by accepting your shadow self, you can start to see how your thoughts and emotions influence your behavior. When you're aware of this, you can take control and empower yourself to live life more deliberately and consciously, you can start to show up as your authentic self. So shadow work, I wanted to mention this because it is a means of like works-based enlightenment within New Age, but I also wanted to mention it because shadow work is essentially making friends with your demons. Like that's how it's taught. Integrating your shadows. Integrating demons. So letting demons into your body. This is what new agers are doing in order to feel better. This is what I was doing in order to feel better. This is the, this is the workspace salvation, integrating demons. That's another topic. My point is it's all workspace guys, and it's going to leave you stuck. Jesus said it best himself on the cross when he proclaimed simply, it is finished. That is what atonement is. He died for and became your sin, because the works alone could never atone for the salvation. And we even see that in the Old Testament. I'm rereading the Old Testament right now. How hard and grueling and specific, oh my gosh, like so specific, like pages and pages of, spec of specifics um, that, it w like that were necessary works in order to be reconciled to God. But with Jesus, it is finished. You know, works are no longer the prescription of salvation. 
They are the results of it after the cross. But New Agers are suffering when salvation is so simple. It's Jesus. It's grace by faith. You love him, you'll keep his commandments. Really, uh, what I say is that the only thing that coming to Christ costs you is your pride. Which, remember, is the sin that got the devil kicked out of heaven in the first place, and it is the source of where the New Age movement originated, pride. Point number four. Um, so spiritual gifts are demonic perversions of gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I want to start by saying that, yes, I do believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are alive and well today. So if you are a Christian cessationist, I guess cover your ears for this part. Um, no, but I'm just going to share a brief overview as to why that is. So the point that I am continuing to hammer in on this stream is that the devil can only copy and distort. He cannot create. So if God's supernatural gifts had ceased with the canonization of scripture, then the devils would have had to as well because he cannot pervert anything that God is not active in creating. You'll never meet a satanic cessationist and you'll never meet a new age cessationist, but you will meet a Christian cessationist. Well, I mean, that's like a different topic for another day. But I will say that this, this whole doctrine, it is another deception that the devil loves because it gives him all the glory to claim that the supernatural power of the demonic is alive and well, but the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself says he has given to all those who follow and believe in him have ceased. Right? One, because it renders us as his disciples that are equipped with the Holy Spirit, it renders us powerless because there's a genuine belief that we are in fact powerless or that the power is merely intellectual and not supernatural. And the devil has more leeway with that because the truth, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who lives in us than he that is in the world. But we don't actually live that way. And we don't take 1 Corinthians 2 verses 3 through 5 seriously where it reads, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So to the second point, folks are more easily won over by the new age because the demons are out here actually showcasing their power in all these practices as they masquerade as an angel of light. While Christians are warming seats in church at Sunday, gripping their Bibles, just looking up at the sky, anxiously pacing back and forth, waiting for Jesus to come out of the clouds. Um, rather than out there in the world proclaiming the gospel, which as evidenced in the scripture that I just read, um, comes not only with words, but in demonstration. So that's a topic for another day. But the point that I'm making here is that, um, you know, the devil can only copy. 
right? He can only pervert what is already living and active in, in what God is creating. So if the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased at the canonization, then the supernatural gifts of the devil that, you know, is, is given to us through the counterfeit of new age, those would have had to cease too, because he can only steal. He can't create, right? So that's my point in saying and how, and how it's a uh, true, true, we literally have someone in the chat who doesn't believe or who, who was saying they left the church because they didn't see the demonstration and that this same person is not a Christian. So see, literally proof that the devil loves it. Anyway, um, according to 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 11, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, various, to another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And we know that we can pray and ask for these things because we're encouraged to in scripture. And only if we are in the will of God, which means to be a born again believer, right? A follower of Jesus, of who Jesus says he is in the Bible, not the Build-A-Bear Jesus that I talked about at the beginning, right? So now to that point, let's talk about the new age counterfeits of these gifts, right? Wisdom and knowledge, counterfeit, fortune tellers, shamans, and gurus like Buddha, right? All those people, Buddha, all them who are, by the way, still dead in a grave when there is only one risen king, Jesus. So fortune tellers, shamans, gurus, counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, wisdom and knowledge. Faith, counterfeit would be meditations, as defined by like Eastern meditation, where you empty your mind, right? Um, as opposed to meditating on the word of God, like we're told to in scripture or manifestation, law of attraction. Um, law of attraction is a uh, demonic and it's a lie from the pit of hell, but that is the counterfeit of what faith is. The gift of the Holy Spirit of faith. Uh, I just want to tell a really quick story. To that point because I have an old friend who um, she recently compared Reiki which is demonic just my next point uh, Reiki to the Christian prayer she said it's the same thing there's no difference the next day the next day she broke her foot and Reiki didn't cure it. Um, and so when I said at the beginning of this, I'm sick of seeing my, my friends' lives be destroyed from these beliefs, there's a good example. God will not be mocked. It says that in the scripture. So now, healing and miracles, gift of the Holy Spirit, counterfeit, Reiki. 
right? We see in the gospel, Jesus says to, to lay hands, heal the sick, cast out demons. Reiki is the counterfeit because it's all source energy. Again, the universe, the beings of the universe are the principalities of darkness and high places, right? So demons, it's demons. You cannot have a gift of the Holy Spirit unless you have the gifting of the Holy Spirit himself, right? So if it's not coming from the Holy Spirit, Bible says you can't serve two masters. Bible says there's two kingdoms, the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of darkness. If it's not of the kingdom of light, it is of the kingdom of darkness. So um, yeah, Ricky will say that it you can cure energy and you can cure physical. You, 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 the demons will perform pseudo miracles for you. True miracles and healing come from born again believer filled with the Holy Spirit at the hand of Jesus Christ himself. Prophecy, gift of the Holy Spirit, counterfeit, astrology, tarot, right? All these things that determine what your future holds. Um, really, I, I say about these kinds of practices is that astrology, tarot, fortune tellers, mediums, all these prophetic, you know, modalities, that is the plan that the devil wants you to follow. That is the path that the devil wants to lay out for you to go down, that he wants you to come into agreement with because everything is contingent on faith in the Bible. So if we come into agreement with our birth chart, then we're going to live that out. We're going to live that out in faith. Whatever our birth chart says, that's what's going to happen because that is the agreement of faith. That is the contingency of faith. Speaking of faith, like I said, meditation, manifestation, demonic. Next is distinguishing of spirits. So I would say the counterfeit of that would be like mediums. Um, people that say that they can talk to spirit guides and things like that. <sighs> We're supposed to test the spirits to scripture. That's what scripture says. You think you're hearing the voice of Angela's grandmother, for instance. The medium was what got me into the new age. Um, no, that's a demon. That's a demon. But that's the counterfeit of the distinguishing of spirits or mediums and seers. Tongues. So the gift of tongues, the demonic counterfeit is light language. Something I always wished that I had. So, um, never did praise God. In hindsight, my best friend was praying protection over me. So there are some things in New Age I never quite got to because those prayers of protection were protecting me because God hears the prayers of the righteous. My best friend was saved. He heard her prayers. Anyway, light language, a lot of starseeds claim to have this. They commune with aliens this way. And then, of course, you know, the interpretation of tongues would be light language interpreters or again, mediums who feel that they can hear the dead demons. Um, so yeah, those are just some ways that the devil counterfeits the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit are alive and well. And I want to mention briefly Kundalini to that point, because Kundalini is counterfeit Holy Spirit. I talk a lot about this. I have a whole episode on yoga. It's called the truth about yoga. It's pre-recorded. It's back from months ago. You can find it on this channel. 
The deception of the kundalini spirit is great for an unbeliever because it attaches itself to a genuine spiritual desire and hunger that God has given us for him. As I mentioned earlier in this, in this stream, that his law is written on our minds and on our hearts, right? But a, a common argument I get when I speak out against the yoga practice for Christians even, is that it makes them feel connected to God or, or they feel the Holy Spirit in practice. Two things there. One, back to the testing of spirits that is actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you test the spirit of yoga against scripture, it is of the kingdom of darkness. Yoga is by definition a spiritual practice with physical benefits, not the other way around. It is by definition a Hindu practice to worship pagan deities. And think about all of that scripture that we just read about other gods being demons. You shall have no other gods beside the Lord. Your intentions are irrelevant. So if you're doing yoga, you are worshiping. You are worshiping demons. That's it. I have a whole episode about it. There is a tab a yoga highlight tab on my Instagram that you can look at. I'm not going to get into the yoga thing now. I just wanted to point this out because people will say they feel the Holy Spirit, they feel God in the practice, whatever. Your feelings don't matter. I say that with love. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So following that point, um, all, all yoga flows are specifically curated to stir up the base of the spine, and that's intentional. What you feel in the yoga practice is not the Holy Spirit. That is kundalini. Kundalini is counterfeit Holy Spirit. Like I said, the devil cannot create. He can only pervert. The true disciple of Christ listens closely to the shepherd's voice and is not led astray by these false wonders such as yoga. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. His voice is in his word and the personal inklings from him that will never contradict his word. So because we know the word says you have to be a follower of Jesus to have his Holy Spirit, we know that otherwise all supernatural giftings otherwise are demonic. Last point here. Um self-savior complex. There is no need for Jesus. This is the fifth way of many ways. I just had to do five because as you can see what we're already like an hour and 30 in or I guess an hour and 10, whatever. Um, the self-savior complex. There's no need for Jesus because it's all God of self. Okay. So this kind of goes hand in hand with the other points, which is why I wanted to end on this one. Because the New Age movement is conditional on a self-savior complex. I want to talk about um, the Starseed gospel. Because this whole Starseed belief system is under the umbrella of New Age. Where the idea is that you come from another planet, another galaxy, another star system, whatever... And that you have been sent here or actually that you have willingly contracted your soul to come to planet Earth in order to ascend the, the, the collective, ascend the planet into 5D, ascend Gaia into 5D, whatever. 
Um, so that's kind of like the whole starseed gospel that I actually used to subscribe to and adhere to in the new age. I thought that I was a starseed from the Pleiades galaxy. So silly. Um, but that's like a, that, that, that's literally a, a counterfeit gospel, right? Who does that sound like? I came here to save humanity. It's putting yourself in the shoes of Christ. And that's really what all of the New Age practices are about. Putting yourself in the shoes of Christ. You are the Savior. You are the one you've been looking for mentality. And this, like everything else, goes back to that lie in the Garden of Eden. You can be like God, right? You can save yourself. You can redeem yourself. Everything you always need is within you. You can achieve divinity because you yourself are divine, right? This whole self-savior complex, it's, it's another one that is not only antithetical to scripture, but it is antithetical to logic because this claim is that you are both the problem and the solution, you are both the knot and the means to untie the knot, right? But a knot can't untie itself from the inside. So this ideological framework, like everything else, it's a house of cards because so much of the New Age movement is centered around achieving enlightenment or attuning to the higher self like we talked about while also claiming that you are divine. So it's like you have to work for the very thing that you say you have. New Age is spiritual alphabet soup. That's If there's one thing you get from this episode, New Age is spiritual alphabet soup. None of it makes sense. It all ultimately contradicts itself. It's a house of cards. And speaking of house, Jesus himself says that a well-constructed house is built on the rock in Matthew 7. He is the rock. The foundation of the spiritual temple has been laid and cannot be changed. Cannot be changed. 1 Corinthians 3. 16, Matthew 16, 18. Jesus is the rock upon which he builds his church, his disciples. That is objective, monotheistic spirituality. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the rock and everything else is sinking sand, which if you think about quicksand, that's exactly what it does, right? It sucks you up. It starts slow. And that's new age. It's like a slow drip. It starts slow. Little by little by little by little. You can't move. It just sucks you up. That quicksand sucks you up until eventually it suffocates you and you perish. That's exactly what new age does, y'all. It renders you dead. Not only in this temporal life, because like I said a million times, you will never actually embody the contentment you are trying so hard for and all these practices and beliefs. But even more devastatingly, new age movement, new age practices, framework, beliefs, ideology, faith, it renders you dead for eternity. Okay, here's the thing, the self-savior complex, right? New age tells us that we must live for ourselves. The gospel tells us that we must die to ourselves, New Age tells us that we must follow our heart. The gospel tells us that we must follow Jesus. 
New Age tells us that we are born this way. Gospel tells us that we must be born again. New Age tells us that all roads lead to heaven. Gospel tells us that broad is the road that leads to destruction and narrow is the road that leads to life. New Age tells us that you are your own God. Gospel tells us that Jesus is the only way to God. New Age tells us to trust yourself. The gospel tells us that the flesh must be crucified along with its desires and passions. New Age tells us to indulge ourselves. Gospel tells us to deny ourselves. The gospel of self-love, the gospel of self, is the greatest deception of all because it keeps your eyes fixed on the mirror and never on the cross. Okay? And you, New Ager, will one day realize that the light and love masquerade that Satan disguised himself in within the New Age has actually been a prison cell all along. But by then it will be too late. Right now, it's not too late. Right now, it's not too late. Jesus loves you, and it is not his will that you should perish. But he loves you so much that he gave you the choice. He doesn't force, he knocks. And I pray you answer the door of your heart and receive his grace through faith, that you would repent for this new age lifestyle, and that you would be born again, dead to yourself and alive unto him. The truth of the matter is, I can sit here for hours and talk through all of these reasons why the new age is a fallacy. All of these reasons why new age is just a complete counterfeit. All of these reasons why Jesus is the way. But ultimately, what does the gospel say? It doesn't say you were saved by intellectual reasoning. It doesn't say that you are saved by debate. It says you are saved by grace through faith, through faith alone. And so I pray that you would receive him in faith. I pray that the Holy Spirit would impart that gift of faith to you to really understand what is objectively true. And that is that your truth is not true. Your truth is is actually the absence of truth. Your truth is actually a lie. And the author of lies is, is the devil. It's actually the devil, right? So listen, listen when I say, if you've made it this far, if you're a new ager and you've made it this far, that's Jesus. Something kept you from clicking out of this video. You had enough humility to sit here and hear me out. Okay. And like I said, the only thing that really surrendering to Jesus costs you is your, is your pride. Because pride, again, is the sin that caused Satan to fall. Pride is the sin that Eve ate from in the garden when the devil said, you can be like God, right? So the only thing this really costs you is your pride. It's a surrender. 
It's a complete acknowledgement that he is Lord. And he is, guys. He is. I'm telling you, please hear my heart. I, I was in it for 10 years. I was in it for 10 years. It didn't work. It would work until it didn't. It was a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It did not work because it can't. Because New Age is a corruption of biblical Christianity. It's all a corruption of the salvation that Jesus says is, is, is received by grace through faith in him, in his lordship, right? And it's not just saying you believe in Jesus because, because it says that our faith without works is dead. And so what that means is there will be actual evidence if you believe in Jesus. What would that evidence be in this case? Turning away from these new age practices, turning away from the pantheism. Stop saying that the universe is responsible for your blessing. Stop saying that you're one with the universe. No, surrender that. Lay it at the foot of the cross. It's a lie. I'm telling you, it's a lie. It says in the Bible that it is not his will that any man should perish. So you need to know that it is not the Lord's will that you should perish, but it is the devil's will. Because like I said, he hates you. His MO is to steal, kill, and destroy. So if he can convince you that Christianity is a farce, he wins. And he does it to spite God because he hates God. And he, and he wants to spite God by tempting you, right? He gives you one chain after another chain, after another chain, after another chain, or rather link, 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 until eventually you have a chain and that chain is wrapped around you and you don't even see it because it was just all these pretty little links all along, right? The universe, yoga, um, tarot, right? Jesus is a poor, all these little links until eventually you're wrapped in the devil's chains and you don't even know it. And then one day it will be too late, but I'm telling you right now, it is not too late. It is not too late. You cannot save yourself. You will not save yourself. The universe will not save you. You are not one with the universe. God is not one with the universe. He created it and he created you and he loves you. And his desire is to spend all of eternity with you. And you can be free. You can be free. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom only in the name of Jesus. And I love you. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. But I love you because the heart of the Father loves you. He loves you more than you could even conceptualize. He loves you so much that he became your sin on that cross, even with the knowledge that you may never actually receive him. That's how much he loves you. That he still made that sacrificial, that he still, that he still made that sacrifice. Knowing that could be true. And now I want to end on kind of a high note because, um, Look, my God, the God of the Bible, the objective God, the monotheistic God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he is a God of redemption and he is a God of hope, okay? New Agers are seeking truth. New Agers are seeking truth. They are thirsty. They are thirsty. And Jesus is living water. So... Because they are thirsty, word of encouragement for those of you that have friends and family in New Age, because they are thirsty, they are not beyond the means of reach. 
of that living water. Okay, they are not, because they are thirsty for truth, they are not beyond the means of reach what is actually true. Jesus. New ages are seeking the truth, so they are not beyond the they are not beyond reach of truth, which is a person, which is Jesus Christ, who is God. Okay. Pray for them, folks. I'm telling you, my best friend, Alyssa, was saved our whole lives. She prayed for me for like two decades. Okay. And I and I truly believe her prayers were like a shield of protection around me for much of what I was doing because God was, God was honoring her prayer because it says that in his word that when you abide in him, he abides in you, right? So pray for them. I I cannot stress enough. Like I said, you can talk to them like this all day. You can, you, you could have taken a thousand notes on this stream. You can, you can debate them till the cows come home. Or until Jesus comes back, which is probably more biblical expression. But ultimately, saved by grace through faith, Jesus will do that work. Let Jesus knock on their heart, okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't have these conversations because they can, they can plant seeds of faith. I'm saying that your prayers for them are more important than your dialogue with them. And to that... Like it said here, right, earlier with, with um, the demonstration, the power of, right? Signs, miracles, wonders. Yeah, that's all great. But what is the heart and character of God? Show them the heart and character of God. Because it will be, he, <laughs> Jesus is just irresistible. The Holy Spirit is irresistible. I have a friend who is in this live stream right now in the chat, Nayla. When she walks into a room, it is just, it's irresistible because it's not her. She is just so full of Jesus that it it just overflows from her. And that, that is, that comes from intimacy with God that comes from obedience to God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? This is a relationship. It's a relationship that we get to have with a personal God, a personal savior. There is no other religion like that. And I get so emotional because it's a privilege. It is, it is a privilege to have salvation. It is a privilege to know Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you, Christian, watching, listening, born again believer, spend time with him. Develop that intimacy. Get into the word. Pray in the spirit. Walk in his will, which is written in his word. And Jesus will, you'll be so full of Jesus that it'll just outpour on your new age friends and family. And they won't be able to resist him because they're not seeing you. They are seeing he who lives in you and he who lives in you is greater than he in the world. Okay. So look, like I said, new ages are not out of reach because new ages are not out of reach because they are thirsty for the truth. They are hungry for the truth. And Jesus is the truth. Their hearts are in the right 
place, for lack of a better word. They're just in the wrong heart posture. Okay? So, thank you so much for um, watching my first live stream on the channel. Many more to come. Hopefully with way less technical difficulties than this one took to get here. Um, the cats are in the room now. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Can we not? This is this is Gemini. I named her when I was in New Age. But we call her Jemmy. <laughs> now, I want to just say, y'all, I am always going to do these free live streams. Always going to offer this free content. Please pray about partnering with the ministry. You can find the links below to partner monthly or to contribute one time. Um, just this is entirely crowdfunded. And so your support means a lot. Please, please pray for the ministry above all else. As I just talked about the power of prayer, please pray for the ministry and for myself. And this is Ruby. Say hi, Ruby. Ruby and Gemini, my girls. Okay, um, I'm going to close out in prayer. And then after the prayer, I'm going to hang out in the live chat. So if you guys want some questions answered, maybe for like five, 10 minutes, we will do that. Um, so I'm going to just pray for anyone who is an unbeliever and also for the believers listening. So if we could all just, if you're driving, I don't know why you'd be watching this like 10 PM driving, but if you're driving, please don't pray. Just listen later. All right. Heavenly father, I just thank you for the opportunity to reach these, these ears and these eyes and these hearts. Lord, I thank you for your provision over this podcast, for this platform, Father. And I just pray that, Lord, because I know that whoever is an unbeliever who is not a disciple of Jesus Christ, I know that they're in the chat because you wanted them here, Lord, because you are sovereign and you are such a good father. And it is not your will that any man should perish. So whoever you drew here, Lord, I know that that was the knock on the door that Revelation talks about, that Jesus knocks on our heart, Lord. So thank you for bringing them here, Lord. And maybe we won't see that fruit tonight, Lord. Maybe, maybe they won't, they won't receive you in faith tonight, Father. But I pray that the seeds that have been planted tonight through this conversation would land on fertile soil, Lord, and that you would have your way with those seeds. Lord, I pray that we would see the fruit, if not tonight, before Jesus comes back. Lord, I pray that we would see the fruit. Lord, I pray that you would touch those hearts. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just invade their lives, Father. I pray that you would bring them to the ends of themselves, if that's what it takes, Lord, that you would that you would trip them up. Just do anything you can to make them see the truth, the way, the way that you let me be led so far into the darkness that the only thing left for me to do was actually turn toward the light, Lord. I pray the same thing over the unbelievers listening because I want them to know the truth. I don't want them to perish, Lord. Your Holy Spirit lives in me and his heart grieves for those folks, Lord. His heart grieves for those folks and I know it. And I just thank you for that compassion. And I thank you that you're such a gentleman that you would never force yourself. But Lord, I pray that, that you would, that you would just encompass them, that you would encompass them, Lord, that even now they would feel a touch from your Holy Spirit, Father. I pray that they would feel a touch from your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would show up to them in visions, 
and signs and wonders and dreams and prophecy in Bible verses on the back of trucks in Bible verses on the bathroom stall <laughs> that they would just not be able to deny it anymore that that they would receive you that they would repent Lord that they would be made dead to themselves that they would be made dead to themselves and be born again and made alive unto you Lord and I pray for every born again Christian watching Lord I pray that that they would seek you more, that they would seek you in the secret place, that you would draw them to yourself because you're a good shepherd. And so I pray that you would talk to your sheep. Lord, it says that your sheep know your voice. I pray that you would talk to them. I pray that you would draw them to the secret place of prayer to spend that time with you, that they would pray in the spirit, that the Holy Spirit would not just live within them, but, but fall upon them, Lord, that they would be filled with your Holy Spirit. Like the, like the scripture says that we can be continuously filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that they would not only speak of the goodness of your word, but that they would demonstrate it as well, Lord, in, in their character, in their life, in their obedience to you, Lord, and, and in, and in the authority that you promise us as your disciples, Lord. And so I just pray for, for just, just the perseverance of these folks watching that have unsaved friends and family. I do too, y'all. My heart's right there with you. I pray for all of us to have the perseverance to keep praying because God promises, our Lord promises that he hears the prayers of the righteous. And so father, thank you that that's your word. Thank you of that promise that it's true that you hear the words of, that you hear the prayers of the righteous. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that promise that we can rely on, that we can bank on, even when it feels hopeless, even when it seems like they'll never be saved. We can go to your word where it says it is not your will that any man should perish. And thank you for that in a petition of prayer, Lord. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, father. Thank you, King Jesus, for your salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your goodness and your glory. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Live chat. Hello, I'm crying. Um... Um, how do I look at this? Let me see. Okay. So let's, let's, let's chat. This is my first live chat, guys. It's the very first live chat on heaven and healing. How exciting. All right. Um, let me see. I am like a boomer when it comes to the internet. All right. So this is very fast. <sighs> yes, I want everyone to be saved by Jesus too. Mike, just talk. What what am I what do you want me to do? Just get larger. What? You can see it. I can't okay. My husband's like pointing at the screen like do the like I uh, you know, just tell me you can you can speak. Oh, goodness gracious. I didn't take a sip of water even once that whole time. And it's my husband's birthday. Like I said, we went out to dinner last night to 
um, to celebrate, but did someone just tell, like, honestly tell me to keep my prayers short when I pray in public? I don't know where in scripture it says that we can't pray long prayers together, but um, I want to thank you because, oh, wow. Praise God. Nayla, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for watching the whole time. Oh, Oh, Mike, can you block the blah, blah, blah person? How to not get discouraged. When praying for family members, but you don't see anything changing. Believe in God. That's faith. I know. I know it's discouraging. I um, There are people I'm praying for, too, and I don't see any changes. In fact, I see, uh, like, the opposite. Like, it's almost as if it's going, like, further in the direction of hellfire, for lack of a better word. But that's when you got to press in with the prayer. I mean... The Bible says to endure, right? So you just endure. Endure. Y'all have any questions? Your video with Michael Knowles saved my mom from 20 years of practicing New Age. Praise God. Praise God. And my video didn't save your mom. God did. The Lord used my interview with Michael Knowles as a way to minister to her heart. Because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So those things coexist. I'm sorry. I am so... How do you combat spiritual warfare upon leaving the new age? I had trouble with that too. You have to really, um, the devil will take advantage of your, um, infancy in the faith. So when you don't know your authority in the Holy Spirit, he is gonna attack you. So refer to Ephesians where it says to put on the armor of God. You know, the helmet of salvation. Whenever he tempts you with a lie that your past is too much, you say, no, I am not rejected. I am accepted. Gird your loins with the with the um, belt of truth. We just talked about this in church this weekend. You're, it says gird your loins because your loins are your reproductive organs. So the truth is the gospel. So when you gird your loins with the truth, you can reproduce the truth and just combat the lies, right? Walk in peace. Scripture promises that he is the prince of peace, Right. Um, the breastplate of righteousness. So obey him, walk in righteousness, walk holy as he is holy. Um, what am I missing? The sword of the spirit, 
That is the word of God. And Jesus is the word made flesh. So walk in the spirit. Um, know your Bible. Know your Bible. That is how we combat spiritual warfare. Knowing the authority that we have in the name of Jesus Christ because he has given us his Holy Spirit, right? If you haven't been water baptized yet, get water baptized. It changed my walk with the Lord. Um, people don't want to hear this, but sometimes it's necessary to have a deliverance prayer. It is what it is, especially if you have a practice of new age because you, you know, come into agreement with things that are not of God, spirits that are not of God. And because no good thing lives in the flesh, sometimes those things just stay in the flesh. Sometimes you got to get them prayed out, but that's not always the case. Mind renewal is the best method of warfare. And that comes from being in the word, praying in the spirit. So, whew. yes, get that book. I'm glad someone mentioned that. Um, that book is called God's Promises. Nayla, what's it? Nayla, can you drop the name of that book in the chat? I think it's called God's Promises for Your Everyday Need. It's on Amazon for like seven bucks. And all it is, it's like, it's just scripture. And so you can turn to a page, like if it says, you know, what to do when you're feeling depressed, and it'll show you scripture that combats the depression with the truth, which is the word of God, because depression is a lie. Because it says in the word of God that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of sound mind, of peace. Thank you, Mike. Mike just dropped it. God's promises for your everyday need. Um, it, it's it's amazing. It is an amazing weapon of warfare. That little that little book, and it's all scripture. <coughs> Someone asked what books I'm reading. I'm really bad at reading. Um, because if I have, if I'm disciplined, I I'm like I need to be in the Word. You know, first and foremost, supplemental books are. It's never gonna. It's, it's not the living, the word is the living word of God. The Bible is alive. It's a double-edged sword. It says that it's active and alive. No other book is alive and is going to talk to you the way the Bible does. So I honestly, I really don't read much. Um, what, what am I, what am I reading right now though? Other than that? Well, you know, I referenced the God's promise for your everyday needs book a lot, but that's all scripture. Um, Oh, it's a book by John Ramirez that I started on my honeymoon in April. So I've been reading it for quite some time now. I forget what it's called, though. I'll drop it in the comments post so you all can check that out. It's a great book. The 90-Day Bible Challenge. Me too. Y'all, the 90-Day Bible Challenge has been a heck of a discipline. You know, I realize just how easy it is to uh, be tempted away from that. What, hour in the Word? What do I think about deliverance ministries? I think that that is a ridiculous term, but deliverance is biblical. And yeah, I associate with people. I'll just say this one thing. I associate with people who have different secondary theological beliefs, you know, secondary meaning not salvific doctrine, um, because iron sharpens iron, right? And, and they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes, you know, we're the body of Christ. So sometimes people can't comprehend that like, oh, maybe you're the hand and I'm the foot. And it's like, well, because the hand looks different than the foot, then that's not biblical. You know what I mean? We're all, we all have different functions. It literally says that in scripture. So yeah, I associate with people. I mean, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna treat me with, 
with, with the brotherly and sisterly love that scripture calls us to, I'm going to treat you the same. And if you don't treat me that way, I'm still going to treat you the, the, that way, but I won't necessarily be, um, we're not necessarily going to be pals, right? So I think it's okay to be friends with people who have different secondary doctrine. It was a pleasure to have y'all here too. Thank you. Um, probably. Where's my phone? I just want to know what time it is. Probably another few minutes. Uh, it's 10.06, so why don't we go to like 10.10. Wow. Thank you all for sticking through the technological difficulties. I can't promise that this will be on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify because I didn't record. Um, I hope it... Mike, do you know if it will... Po Isaiah said it'll post to YouTube as soon as I hit stop streaming, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. Because uh, I don't want it to go away. Um, I'm just going to text him real quick before I sign off. Once I hit stop streaming, it posts to YouTube, right? It won't be a problem that I didn't record it. Um... Yeah. So Isaiah has been, Isaiah Saldivar has been so helpful. Like the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing right now is because of him. Like he just helped me so selflessly, like hours of just like guidance with this. Um, he, he has absolutely nothing to gain. He's just a good friend and a brother of Christ and has the heart of the Lord. So thank you to Isaiah. If y'all don't follow him, I highly recommend it. Please know who Isaiah is through his content and not clips. Okay. He says yes. But forgot to put get oh. He's right, I forgot to put my um my thing in as a pinned comment, but that's okay. My, um, my links. He also said he could show me how to record on OBS without frying my computer. That would be nice. <laughs> All right. Any more questions, y'all? What do you do in the face of persecution? I believe there's a Bible verse about that. Blessed are you who are persecuted for his namesake. Jesus was persecuted. You count it all as joy. You know, that's a lot of the context of the suffering that the New Testament talks about is, is persecution. Like people are like, oh, it's um, just like sadness and just 
gripping to the day for dear life. No, it's like actually persecution. Count it all as joy if you're being persecuted for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What a privilege to be treated the way you were treated because he lives within you, right? So... I don't know anything about, what is this question about Celtic crosses? I don't know anything about that right now. That's something I can look into. Are you failing? Oh, a question about Sayla. So if anyone doesn't know already, I'm pregnant. Um, oh, my husband, Michael Scafidi, just put a link to partner with my ministry. If you feel led by the Holy Spirit to partner monthly or contribute one time, the link is there. Like I said, I'm completely crowdfunded, so it means a lot for your, uh, for you to sew into what I'm doing. But yes, I do feel Sayla moving around. That's my daughter. That's so cool to say. That's my daughter. I do feel her moving around. I call it right now because she's like only the size of like a banana right now. Um, it, so it's not like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like this like full throttle kick but it feels like bops. So I call them, I'm like sailor bops. It's my little sailor bops. Um, myself and my husband actually got to see her on a sonogram and it was so cool. It was the coolest thing ever. It was the coolest thing ever. Thank you for asking about her. Um, we're so obsessed. We just can't wait for her to be here. More than halfway there. Please keep baby Sayla in your prayers. The goal, if God allows, if the Lord wills, would be for me to be at home with her and do heaven and healing full time. If the Lord wills. But, you know, the kingdom of heaven is my goal, ultimately. So if I'm a tent maker like Paul, that's okay too, right? If you feel called to create Christian content, do it. Do it. <laughs> what does that mean? Hopefully she doesn't go stone called Steve Austin in a few months. Mike, you know wrestling. What does that mean? That can mean a few different things. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be a nice thing, so we're just going to ignore it. Hi, Alexis. I forgot to say hi to you. My friend Alexis and I met. Um, my tent job that I just mentioned is serving. So my last table of the night, her and her husband came in. I do my best to share the gospel with my tables and kind of opened up a door to do that with her. I wrote, God bless you on her uh, receipt. And she said, God bless you as I handed it to her. We both kind of looked at each other, shared each other's testimonies. We both come out of the new age. It was like instant sisterhood because we are sisters in Christ. It, it's such a, I just love the way the Lord works. And that's another thing when you're walking, I wouldn't, if I was not being obedient to the Lord and like trying to share the gospel with people, I would have never known that she was a Christian. So you just never know how the Lord is going to reward your obedience. He's a good father. What what do you do for your children when they're when they behave themselves? You reward them, right? Hi from Arizona. 
Miranda, you want more boldness to share the gospel? Um, pray for it. Because remember, the Lord has not given you a spirit of fear. There's only one, there's only one guy that wants you to share the gospel, and his name is Satan. So remember that. I had a Holy Spirit revelation, um, and, you know, people are going to, Isaiah says, put that in their religious, religious test tube and smoke it. But I had, I had a Holy Spirit revelation at the gym. I shared the gospel with this girl that the Lord told me to. And of course, she was like the kind of person that's like of everyone else in the gym, it was like the scariest person to approach, but I did it. And I heard the Lord tell me, um, because I was saying, like, I'm afraid, Lord, I'm afraid. And he said, I'm not scared of her knowing the truth, but I am terrified of her perishing without it. And I was like, hi, what's your name? I'm Angela. So you just got to tell people. The devil's the only one that doesn't want you to share the good news. It's good news. It's good news. Go share it. All right. It's 10.15. This is fun. This is my first one, so I wanted to hang out for a while. I could I could stay on here all night and talk to y'all. It's really fun. Thank you so much for being here, for watching. It means a lot. Your support means a lot. If you don't already, follow me. Um, go to bed. I'm not going to bed. We're going to, we don't go to bed until late because we're just in a, we work in the restaurant industry, me and my husband. So we're just in a habit of staying up late. Um, yeah. So with that, thank you again. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, it's Angela Marie, ew, Angela Marie Uchi. Mike, can you write that in the comments, the spelling? Like I said, I still have not switched over my platforms to my married name. Everyone knows me as my maiden name. Don't know what to do with that. <sighs> but I am hungry. It is 10.15 here in Tennessee as well. I am in Tennessee. All right. Thanks, y'all. Again, in the description of this video, ways to partner with the podcast monthly. I just heard one of my cats sneeze. Thank y'all so much. Please share this to this uh, this recording to um, a friend, family member, loved one. Share it to your Instagram story, and definitely pray for them above all else. All right, y'all. Thanks for watching. God bless.